the ultimate Spider-Man review show airs every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern live at mixer.com forward slash Great Britom. G-R-E-A-T-B-R-I-T-O-M. A link to this stream is in the show notes. Please consider joining myself and Cade every week as we talk about one of our favorite shows of all time. See you then, true believers. It is a gloomy, gloomy day here in New York. Don't know how it is over in the Midwest, but it is a gross day in New York City, the home of Spider-Man. I am, of course, joined by... My name is Tom, by the way. I am, of course, joined by the ultimate spectacular, the amazing Cade Onda. Cade, how are you today? I'm great. It is a little gloomy here, too. It, it's been cloudy all week. I have not seen the sun since the last Saturday. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. we, we, uh, we've had some really nice days, and every Saturday we've done this. It's been really yeah. nice, but I'm glad that it's finally gross out so I don't feel bad for not enjoying yeah. the, the weather. Yeah. And also, I'm, I got really tan, really tan because I've been like outside a lot this past week because of how nice it's been. Yeah. Um, well, welcome, Cade. Uh, Thank you. I'm very excited to talk about today's episodes. Very interesting stuff, I think, with, mm-hmm. um, with, with episodes 11, 12, and 13. But before we get into that, of course, last week we promised the people a, a Scoob review. And I know you've seen the film. Yes. Top-level thoughts, a little quick review here, a little Scoob review. <laughs> have you seen it? No, and I do not. I'm not. I I don't really have an affinity for for Scooby Doo other than the live action yeah. films. Like, yeah, same. And some and some of the cartoons. Like, I There's owned a, a lot of the VHSs, ones, but I don't. I'm not like, oh my god, Scooby Doo meant so much to me as a kid or anything like that. Yeah, same. Uh, I, I like the Batman crossover and stuff, but uh... Uh, uh, the Harlem Globetrotters ones were the ones for me. <laughs> those those, those were the ones I watched a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Scoob was <laughs> really bad. Like, uh-huh. I was, uh, I didn't have like the highest expectations because, like I said, I'm not like the biggest Scooby Doo fan, but, you know, I was, I still enjoy it when I do watch it or whatever. And, uh, I, you know, something to watch mm-hmm. with no new movies coming out. But Jesus Christ, there's some things in that movie that just don't make any sense. Like, wow. as the beginning of the movie, when they're getting their little origin and how they all meet it's like halloween and shaggy's already met scooby-doo and they're going trick-or-treating and some kids take their candy and they're like candy runs your teeth and the kids throw it into this like haunted house and Mm -hmm. then run away which is fine it was kind of funny and then the rest of the gang shows up and they're like hey we saw what happened can we help you and they're like yeah well they threw it in the house and they go inside the house and of course the door locks behind them and then the ghost attacks per usual them. per usual right yeah yeah and then classic scooby-doo the... shenanigans <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and then they they stop the ghost and you know it's actually a person but like he's flying around and all this stuff and they don't really explain how he was able to do that which is whatever it's a kid's movie whatever but then they open this closet and they're like, oh man, he's been hoarding all these LCD TVs in this <laughs> okay, closet. Okay. And I'm like, what? What's the connection? Why? Right. What? 
And then they call the cops, mm-hmm. and the guy gets arrested. I'm like, you guys broke into his house for one. I don't know if this is, like, probable cause. I don't know if you can do this. But uh, uh-huh. I'm like, why did this guy have all these TVs? And then pre- why was he pretending to be a ghost? And that's mm-hmm. in the first five minutes of the movie. Oh, and, okay. And, that's just the beginning. Yeah. And then just the the rest of it, I mean, is pretty bad. Like, there's not many jokes that really land. Um there's a lot of just and then and then and thens and it's just i I really i'm really disappointed (laughs) and will forte is not a good shaggy oh will forte plays shaggy interesting yeah interesting now i heard that dick dastardly spoiler alert is the ultimate villain of the film is that correct yeah that's i mean because i love wacky races a lot that was yeah. definitely one of my things as a kid that I was totally, um, totally into. Honestly, all of the Hanna-Barbera stuff, like Flintstones, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, so, well, that's that's a real shame. And it's really funny that you mentioned about the fact that, like, they broke and entered. So someone had, there was this, like, I was on Reddit, like, posting some things, and I saw this really popular Twitter thread that was basically like, um, any, any lawyers on Reddit, let me know drop a law that people think is real but it's totally not real so mm. there were things like um if you get arrested and you're they don't read your miranda rights right away like you just get off scot-free like that's not true yeah. uh yeah. things like jaywalking being uh, against the law it's actually not a criminal offense like all of these yeah. different things <laughs> and so i was just i was like oh this is really fascinating and like definitely useful knowledge so i'm scrolling yeah. down I'm scrolling down and then one person posted uh, yeah, uh, most of the villains in Scooby-Doo not actually breaking the law. They're on their own property that they own. There's nothing yeah. wrong with you, like, dressing up in, in a mask. And uh, actually, it's the Scooby gang that is breaking all yeah. of the laws. <laughs> I was like, I just, how are, like, I'm sure, like, the guy broke a crime because he probably stole all those TVs. But they still, like, I don't think you can use that as evidence, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it'd be like if a cop walked into your house, like, without a warrant or anything and saw something and like you can't arrest someone because he didn't enter legally and stuff you know like Mm -hmm. yeah like they can't fucking arrest this guy get out of here guys getting off scot-free and again kids movie but you know there are kids movies that are great and don't have to be stupid like spider-verse toy story did you see bumblebee yeah holy crap how fucking good was that film. Yeah, I really um, liked that movie. Like, I was... I know that people were like, oh, it's actually a good Transformers film. So I was kind of uh-huh. expecting it to be like, oh, this is passable. Like, this is fun. Yeah, sure. But, like, that, for me, is going to be, I think, like a repeat viewing film for yeah. just if I want to throw something fun on. And the moment the movie starts, you're like, holy shit, like, they fucking nailed it. It like, starts this, on Cybertron, isn't it? Yeah, it's the Cybertron War. And uh, a a rumor is that they're going to do, like, an animation, like, the Cybertron, the War for Cybertron in that style of just, like, complete CG. And, I mean, it's gorgeous stuff. If you guys, because I was burnt out on the uh, Transformers movies, I didn't even watch The Last Night, the fifth one. But then uh, these guys I follow on YouTube were reviewing all of them, so I was like, fuck it, let's do it. So I watched The Last Night. I didn't, I refused to watch any of the other Transformers. So I watched, but I was like, you know what, I've got to watch The Last Night. I have seen that one. Uh, it's, oh, Kate, it's, 
it's yeah. a, it's abysmal. It's truly I can imagine. It is like, you know when you see those posts of people that are like I, I gave a script to an AI. I gave like a thousand, yeah. you know, yeah. like basically it was like someone was like, I shot a movie and then gave an AI all the footage to edit. And I, I shit you not. And because also it was shot in IMAX or parts of it were, but they clearly did a ton of reshoots. So I'm, I'm not joking, Kate. The aspect ratio changes every shot. Like, it'll be, well, yeah. like, full-frame IMAX, I've then 16 that. by 9, then 21 by 9. Like, three different aspect ratios, and it just... It's ping-ponging the whole movie. It's so, so bad. <laughs> I I love Christopher Nolan, but some of his... Like, The Dark Knight, specifically. I think Dark Knight Rises is a little bit better, but The Dark Knight switches a lot with its aspect ratio. It's only switching between two different aspect ratios, I think. Right, but at the same at, but, but at the same time was. it makes a commitment to a scene. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. you <laughs> enter you enter a yeah, scene yeah. and then that's yeah, gonna yeah, be that's in a different aspect ratio. Cade, yeah. I'm telling you, we've got a shot of a character in sixteen nine and then it cuts to the reverse of like them talking to Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg is an IMAX. Then it cuts to Bumblebee. I mean... He's in sixteen nine. Like that, it isn't like this scene is IMAX. It is this shot is IMAX. This shot is sixteen nine. This, it, oh my god, so bad. But Bumblebee, fucking awesome. Um, yeah, Bumblebee's awesome. But we're not here to talk about Bumblebee. We are here to talk about episodes ten, eleven, and uh, sorry, eleven, twelve, and thirteen of Spider Man, the nineties animated series um the hobgoblin parts one and two and then the chameleon um top level for me loved the hobgoblin episodes mm. and i think that the chameleon one is maybe my least favorite of the season <laughs> other than maybe the spider slayer stuff yeah yeah i uh it was yeah we'll get into it <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so you're on the same page uh so now of course before we jump into talking about these episodes i do just want to bring up the fact that the hobgoblin being the um the villain here and showing up in this show's continuity before the green goblin which in the comics and pretty much everywhere like the green goblin obviously one of spidey's biggest foes and shows up way before hobgoblin does in comics yep. way 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 before i think green goblin is like at issue number 14 and then hobgoblin doesn't show up until like the end of the hundreds or maybe even the beginning of issue 200s the 200 uh numbered issues in amazing spider-man mm -hmm. um so do you know why kate that the hobgoblin shows up before um green goblin i'm not terribly sure do you first off do you know who voices it is mark hamill yeah exactly yeah i was I, I could recognize it like i think i had heard that a long time ago but i i recognized it like it's not clearly him he's not doing his joker voice or anything but like there's, there's a, a little there's a little bit of the joker um, yeah in it. a little but i think it's a i think it's a mark for his i mean we'll we'll, we'll get into his performance and everything but i think it's a real testament to his ability as a voice actor to have a character yeah. that's kind of similar. So there is that sinister, like dramatic comical voice, but mm -hmm. it's a little bit more like that's a real person kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that isn't like, he isn't an insane guy. Like he's just like 
for all intents and purposes, a normal dude in a hobgoblin costume. Mm. Um, okay, so here's a post, right? So I followed on uh, back in when I was on Facebook. I haven't used Facebook yeah. in forever. But John Semper, who is like the head producer, executive producer of the show, ran a 90s Spidey uh, page and would drop in like tidbits about the whole show. And he addressed on this Facebook page why the Hobgoblin was first. So here, here's the real reason. And it's so anticlimactic, Kate, you will not believe it. <laughs> why, so this is verbatim what it says. Why did the Hobgoblin come before the Green Goblin in Spider-Man the Animated Series? I've been asked this question many times over the last 20 years. The short answer is that the first person hired as the head writer on the series made the decision to introduce the Hobgoblin first for reasons that are only known to him. In fact, from what I understood, he was not going to have the Green Goblin appear at all in the series. Based on his decision, an entire line of Hobgoblin toy figures were re- uh, was created for release just before the holiday season uh, the Chris- and the Christmas sales period. By the time my predecessor was let go from the show and I was hired to replace him, it was too late to stop the creation of the Hobgoblin toys. Despite my protesting and cajoling, I could not get the powers that be to agree to let me start off with the Hob- with the Green Goblin before the Hobgoblin. So I was stuck having to introduce the Hobgoblin first. Given all of that, I think I did a pretty good job of making a uh, having it all make logical sense, but comic book purists like myself still would have preferred to begin with the Green Goblin. We all can agree, however, that the voice performance of Mark Hamill did an excellent job of making the Hobgoblin fun and interesting. And yes, we can agree on that, John. Um, yeah, so it was basically just like a decision that was too late to reverse because of the toys, <laughs> um, which is usually actually honestly how a lot of these things go. The The toys dictate the how a lot of these shows ha- happen i have a interesting tidbit to follow up on Ooh. that too the uh feel free the the wiki on mm. the, this episode this is john semper's least favorite episode because semper wanted to use the green goblin first like in the comics however the story editor before semper yada 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 mm-hmm. you get that part uh and then semper was overruled by Avi Arad, you're familiar with him, right? Oh yeah, the the pr- one of the uh, other than Amy Pascal, one of the yeah two biggest Spider-Man producers he's involved as much anymore. But his name is still on all of the films. Like I'm pretty yeah. sure he's listed as like an executive on yeah, Far From Home and be. stuff. Yeah, but I mean, he uh, was he was critical for the Raimi movies and yeah. you know all of that. So. He's yeah, pro- exactly. But he's probably just retiring with his hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars. And didn't Amy oh, Pascal please. pass away? No. No, she didn't? Are you sure? No. Oh, okay. yeah. I thought there was. I thought I had read that she had died. No. But it says Semper was quoted, huh? I had to do the Hobgoblin first or else Avi would have lost millions of dollars on useless Hobgoblin toys that no kid wanted. Even with our two-part episode, nobody really liked the character that much. However, Semper added, I am proud of how much I made the hobgoblin and his goblin technology naturally segue into the origin of the green goblin by having norman osborne be the one who made the technology in the first place yeah and i liked i actually think that i mean i think i do have to get credit to having them introduce the hobgoblin first because Mm -hmm. i actually think it works pretty well and Mm -hmm. especially just coming off of having this big venom arc and introducing like one of the top three big bads, mm. you know, 
it, it makes you think, oh, well, wish Doc Ock could have gotten like the same treatment. But I think to roll right from Venom to to Green Goblin would have been a lot. And I just think that like this this gives like a, a little twist and it's it's a fun couple of episodes and Hobgoblin is kind of a mainstay of this show, but he isn't, you know, to to fans and stuff, he's not Green Goblin levels. So um Yeah, I, I think I think he did do a good job and it would have been interesting to see what starting out what the Green Goblin would have even been like. Because I, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it makes a lot of sense of like, okay, Norman Osborn is trying to find a way to to backstab Wilson Fisk. And, mm-hmm. so, he, and so he hires a mercenary. Like, it, would we have gotten like the same story, but just without... Yeah. Like, no, you're totally right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's a nice and interesting evolution to what we get you know it, it's the logical step towards that exactly it's and uh well, well, well let's get into it shall we so yeah the the show starts and hobgoblin is doing the batman <laughs> thing where he's putting on all the different yeah. bits of his costume um and he like fly he's like flying away being all dastardly we cut to fisk Wilson Fisk, aka the Kingpin, but no one knows he's the Kingpin, and that's very important that people think that he is this, you know, philanthropist, um, which is a a part of his character in every form, right? Like the Daredevil TV show that he's in, it, all of it is about like the city believes that Wilson Fisk is the good guy, uh, and then we get um, Harry and Peter on campus, or they're they're heading to this like groundbreaking ceremony. Uh, Fisk is opening up like a. I think it's like a. Oh, it's a criminology thing, right? Like it's a. It's a. It's a. It's a campus. It's another part of the school campus for studying yeah. criminology. That's what it is. Yeah. And Harry is talking to Peter, and yeah, it is interesting. Like Harry Osborn is Flash's friend in this. Yeah. Which, uh, in the history of the comics, is usually not the case. But, yeah. Um. But, you know, so, but he needs Peter to move in with him into this nice apartment because his dad will only give him the apartment if he roommates with Peter and not Flash Thompson, which I totally get. <laughs> Despite. I... <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree. I, <laughs> I am very confused by why they made him dress like the Hobgoblin, too. Um, Oh, yeah, ha- like very... Harry's colors? Yeah. Because I was like, am I like remembering this episode wrong, or is Harry the fucking hot guy? <laughs> well, and... to be fair, well, I, I guess you see them in multiple, in the same place at the same time. But yeah. they do never yeah. say who the Hobgoblin is, and I don't yeah, think I they ever say in the show who he so, really it... is. Which has always yeah. been a thing I like about this character. Yeah, it's really cool. He's he's kind of there's not many characters like that in comic books in terms of villains and stuff that you don't know much about. Like the Joker, kind of, but like they've fleshed out his story to a degree. But like Hobgoblin's kind of a mystery. And and, uh, and every time, like it's like a villainous Banksy situation, you yeah. know, of like <laughs> people will claim like Roderick Kingsley, right, is usually considered like the original. Hobgoblin yeah. in the comics, but there's always been dubious claims as to like 
is he actually the Hobgoblin or is he just using that as a thing? And then Ned Leeds was the Hobgoblin at one point, but like you don't really know if that's also true. Like, mm. uh, it's a cool character, and Sneaky does bring up a good point. He he dig Sneaky Bear four one three in the chat says I dig the Hobgoblin choice. It was distinctly this series, and I agree. Like, yes, it it, it made this series even more its own thing. I agree. But good uh, eye, good eye on the outfit thing cuz it is the same colors. <laughs> yeah, it's literally identical. Yeah. Like it's not even like a slightly different shade. It is he's got the yellow, orange and blue like mm-hmm. completely down. Yeah. And I don't remember him having that in previous episodes, so it stuck out a lot more. I don't know. Maybe I'm remembering wrong though. No, I mean, you know, th- I, that could have been a subliminal thing because, you know, obviously, like, Harry being a goblin is an important part of that character's it's, history. Yeah, so, it's a very much a thing. Um, so, basically, um, so, do Sydney says, Splain, Hobgoblin, Goblin Origins. He basically just gets, gi- in this cartoon, he's just given this shit, right? He's, like, yeah. Norman's, like, I've been working, for some reason, he's been working on this weird-ass glider, and he's, like, take this. Try and kill Wilson Fisk, because uh, he wants to uh, break the deal. Like they've got a uh, break ties. Like yeah, I don't. It's uh, never really explained as to I, exactly yeah, why he wants to confused. betray Wilson Fisk. I was a little confused too. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess Kingpin's kind of a shady guy. I wouldn't really want to work with him either. After like just seeing how he's operated this entire season, I'd kind of just be like. He's gonna do something to fuck me over, or something. right? So like, I should right. probably get out of this if I can. Yeah, and and um, clearly the the simplest way to do that is to hire a guy to dress up as a hobgoblin <laughs> and assassinate him in front of the whole world. That's hell the, yeah. don't don't try and reveal to the world his deeds and misgivings. Try yeah, and assassinate him while he is about to break ground on a, a very generously donated. <laughs> <laughs> a new <laughs> department for Empire State University. It's very true. Very true. Uh, so Peter's taking pictures of the whole thing. Spider Sense goes off. Hobgoblins almost shoots the Kingpin. Um, uh, but Peter knocks him out of the way. And uh, in, in okay, so in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, the Goblin in that is Harry Osborn, which is. <laughs> Yeah. Which is what G. Sydney's asking about. He's he's got goblin confusion. I do not blame him. <laughs> yeah. So in Spider Man Three, he becomes quote unquote the new goblin, is what they call it in that movie. She just called him the hobgoblin, yeah. but whatever. Um, and I think you even see the hobgoblin like mask is like a different color. Yeah, it's like a golden. Mask. Yeah, yeah. He's been like fucking around, but for some reason he goes with ski goggles. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> what a stupid idea! I was like, what? I really you want to sell toys. Yeah, I really hated the surfboard. It's probably yeah. the design of him in uh, Spider-Man Three is is not my favorite. Yeah, it um, was weird. And then obviously Amazing Spider-Man Two. I think he's. He's the Green Goblin because uh, yeah, I think he is green. just the Green Goblin. God, what which a is, which happens to um, mm-hmm. that's not a, a new thing by any means. But yeah, uh, he, he in the comics yeah. he becomes the Green Goblin, and that yeah. is the he becomes the second Green Goblin. And I mean, fantastic story arc in the original run of Amazing Spider-Man uh-huh. comics. Uh, good stuff. Okay, so 
Yes, and as as we've said, Mark Hamill is voicing the Hobgoblin, doing a fucking bang-up job here. A little bit of Joker, but he's kind of just like a CD guy. <laughs> yeah. Who's just in it for the money. Um, so Spidey, is, and this is something Spidey will do a lot of. He'll just web the glider and get dragged around. That's a lot <laughs> of these episodes. Uh, <laughs> and... Um, he ends up falling because the goblin goes high. High enough, by the way, to be on collision course with an airplane. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and so Spidey's like, all right, I got to ditch this ride. He falls and um, turns out he has no web fluid. In this case, this is where I thought, okay, here's a little upgrade you can make, Spidey, because this happens a lot. Oh, shit. Worst timing. I don't have any web fluid. Yeah. Have like a battery notification like you have on your yeah. phone. Yeah. 10% like a ding or something. Yeah, 5% like... left web fluid like change cartridges now because you don't want to be at 0%. Like the fact that he doesn't have any kind of idea when he's going to run out of web fluid. Yeah, it seems like a <laughs> very dangerous thing. Yeah. <laughs> um so he falls, he gets caught in um I guess like a canopy. And, you know, he just basically, like, boing, 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 <laughs> falls, almost hits the ground, splat, but he he gets saved. And it's weird because the the Hobgoblin, like, flies away, and I'm like, Hobgoblin, this is your chance to kill this dude. It's he's hanging up. upside down, like, tangled For in this real. canopy. Like, <laughs> he's in a prime position to just be assassinated, but no, Hobgoblin just ditches the scene. Um, then Hobgoblin heads to Oscorp. And confronts uh, Norman Osborn, and Norman's like, what the fuck, you were meant to kill the Kingpin, and Hobgoblin is like, oh, well, I didn't think Spidey would show up, and Norman Osborn is like, we're done here, and Hobgoblin's like, I've got your fucking glider, and Norman Osborn says, well, I know who you really are, and if if anything happens to me, I will reveal your information to the world, a threat he never makes good on. This whole fucking sh- two episodes, Hobgoblin fucks him over again and again. And Norman doesn't use the trump card of, well, boom, here's your identity to the world. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, A lot of stupid people in this show, I won't mm-hmm. lie. Sometimes, sometimes. Uh, so then we cut to Peter and uh, Aunt May. Peter is basically like, hey, I've got this pretty sweet deal where I can go live in this really nice apartment in the city. Um, my fr- my friend's rich dad will take care of it. And Aunt May is like, that's great. And uh, uh, Mary Jane is moving out of Anna's apartment or house. She doesn't want to live by herself. So we'll move in together and it'll be like the Golden Girls. And Peter's like, yeah. this is great. This is a perfect situation. Why would we, why would we uh, for any reason whatsoever, try and undo this situation, which is something we'll come back to at the end of this two-parter. Mm-hmm. But of course, Aunt May is a little bit uh, saddened at the idea of Peter leaving. So she ha- she says that she s- she sheds a single tear um, as she's doing the, the dishes. She's a, a a lonely woman, and you know she's had her husband taken from her, and uh, she yeah. she does feel like you know there's it's a dangerous world out there, and she doesn't want something to happen to Peter either. And, I, I do get it. It's pretty sad. Um, no, I, I totally, I totally, I totally understand. I'm not, I'm not yeah. uh, faulting her. No, at all, yeah. But um, it is it, the the whole Anna roommate situation sounds like great, a good time. Yeah, uh, that'd be <laughs> fucking sick. Um, 
Okay, so then Peter shows up at his new apartment, and it's weird. Peter's moving in whilst they're having a move-in party, which is very bizarre. I know you've uh, never... You you live at home, right, Stillcade? Correct. Yeah, you you do your move-in party like a week or a month after you move in, not as yeah, you're not literally you moving into the apartment. <laughs> yeah. But Peter shows up to their new place. They're having a, a boogie. Everyone loves it. Flash is super jealous that Peter gets to live here and he doesn't. And, uh, you know, Mary Jane's there too. She's like, oh, you've got this new apartment. We can have fun here. So Peter is living the high life. Um, meanwhile, uh, the Hobgoblin breaks into a... What, what happens here? How does he get into... Oh, he breaks into Wilson Fisk's apartment, and there's an elevator. Somehow, a bunch of random places all connect to the Chrysler building, including Wilson. I guess maybe Wilson Fisk's apartment is a lower level of the Chrysler building, because it has uh -huh. an elevator that just goes straight up. Yeah. But um, he, you know, but we've seen in past episodes, like, somehow they get to the Chrysler building from this part of town with the shocker. Somehow... You know, there's just all these secret entrances to the Kingpin's lair. So the Hobgoblin finds the secret elevator, goes to the top of the Chrysler building, and uh, he's like, oh shit, this place exists. And I really like this bit of world building of the idea that there was always rumors that the, ki the Kingpin existed and he had this lair and it was the source of all crime on the planet. But he is, it's a bit of myth. And I, I just mm. like that little bit of of world building there yeah uh he gets surrounded by kingpin's goons who we know are useless like just the worst infantry you've ever seen um but he's now trying to make a deal with wilson fisk and be like hey let's turn the tide like i want what you have um and let's turn the tides and turn this all on norman osborne and kingpin's like why should i trust you and the hobgoblin's like hey like I, there's a lot there's a lot uh, we can do together and uh oh and also I, I forgot hobgoblin given a second glider which is dope as fuck he's got these two this two glider system i think yeah, i like it like, a lot here's a bigger one <laughs> <laughs> so um oh maybe he doesn't have this yet for some reason this is coming up on like a schematic thing oh alistair Smythe has built the bigger glider i yeah. think gotcha yeah. gotcha but Alistair Smythe not trusting of the Hobgoblin, it's like the moment he gets, he sees an opportunity, he's going to stab you in the back, and Kingpin is like, dude, I got this. I'm the Kingpin of fucking crime. Don't worry. I've got this on lock. And, oh, and then we get a little bit of uh, Alistair asking, why do you wear this mask? And the Hobgoblin explains, like, the kind of the law of Hobgoblins. more <laughs> <laughs> Well, you see. <laughs> <laughs> but that is what he does. He's like, Hobgoblins are like a, a sign of fear and like fantasy, and I want people to like the to see this like horrific face before they die. Basically, sorry, yeah. get destroyed, get destroyed, Cade. We can't say yeah, oh, right, correct, yes, right. can't say die, can't, can't say, say die. No. Um, James cool. Bond movie right there, can't say die. <laughs> yeah, that is going to be the next one. James Bond <laughs> can't say die. Um, <laughs> Next morning, Peter wakes up, and he is hungover, Cade. I don't know if you know about hangovers, but this is one of them. He, I don't know anything about him. He is, he is having a rough morning. Um, 
Now, of course, they won't say that he spent all day drinking. Uh, yes, of course, they... yeah. He looked fucked up, though. <laughs> he, he is, he is, he's a mess. He's a mess. Uh, and he gets a buzz. I think he gets, like, a call. Um, oh, no. Like I think he, yeah, he knows Aunt May is on the way. So... I don't know how he... Let me play this real quick, because I don't know how that actually um, comes about that he gets notified yeah, that like, Aunt May the, is, the is coming. The phone rings, and he answers it, and then starts oh, cleaning okay. up the apartment, and Harry sees Peter, and he's like, what's going on? And he's like, Aunt May's on her way. <laughs> and, and then he just, like, <laughs> drops the shit the moment his spidey sense goes off. Yeah, he's like, fuck he's this. Like, fuck! Uh, I've got no time to clean up. <laughs> pretty much. And then the... Uh, the doorbell rings right as that spider sense goes off mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's like that's weird it's just aunt may and then uh he lets her in and then like, fucking bomb flies in through the window <laughs> and uh it's a smoke bomb though which is an important yeah, thing to know not, we've got yeah. pu- we've got the explosive pumpkin bombs and the, the gas ones and it's a, yeah, just a exactly. gas one and then it knocks Aunt May unconscious, and uh, she's taken to the hospital. And uh, he tells her she has like a fucking seizure, which is scary. Right, but he's but the and... hobgoblin kidnaps uh, Harry. That's the whole yeah, reason yeah, he yeah. was there at the apartment. Yeah, um, and uh, basically Peter feels responsible. And uh, classic, classic yes, Peter feeling that guilt. Yes, sir. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, then. Hobgoblin takes Harry back to uh, the Chrysler building, right? That's mm-hmm. where it is. Yeah, yeah, so he takes him back to Fisk's Fisk's lair. They they put him in like a a terrarium, essentially that they yeah, hang from the so ceiling. Weird, like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is a weird thing to. I mean, I guess you are the kingpin of crime, but this is a weird thing to have in your in your lair. Yeah. Um, but at this point, this is when uh they call up. The kingpin calls up Norman Osborn and is like, "Yo, I have your son. Uh, do they try to make a deal? What's how? What's the outcome here? What's the whole so, point?" Yeah, I forget kingpin what is like. Fucking he, Harry asks why he was kidnapped, and Hobgoblin tells him, "Well, your father's rich. He's loaded." Mm. <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah, I like that line. Harry's yeah. like, why have you kidnapped me? And he's like, it's simple. Like, your dad has a fuck ton of money. That's yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not that deep, dude. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Goblin tells Kingpin to pay him for that. And Kingpin replies that he will get paid whenever he wants to pay him. And the Kingpin calls Norman Oscorp and tells him that he has a son. And uh, that the Hobgoblin now works for him. And he wants his inventions in exchange for his son. And Norman is not sure because obviously his inventions are his life work. And uh, yes, these hobgoblin gliders that he's been making. <laughs> yeah, and so he's just like uh, the gliders for my son. Did I don't know that kid's kind of a dick. Like fuck him. Um, and Norman says that he can have his inventions or his son. And. Uh, yeah, so so out. so it is actually sorry. It is Norman that gives him the, that second bigger glider that can like fly by itself, and yeah, he can attach and detach to it. That's pretty cool. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, for some reason, for some reason, I thought Alistair Smythe had it because I saw he was in the episode at some point, right? But he brings up the schematics for it. I don't understand that, but yeah, Nor- I... Norman gives yeah. him the the bigger glider. Sure. Um, but Spidey Spidey shows up because he's. I guess he think he's like I got to talk to Norman Osborn like his son's been kidnapped. He breaks into Oscorp, finds uh, the Hobgoblin confronting Norman Osborn, and then again here we go. Spidey thwip right on the glider, flying around, getting <laughs> tossed around, because uh, that's basically all all they can do. But this new smart glider, the one that can separate and detach, can fly by itself. It's got smart bombs. They keep talking about these smart bombs. They make a lot of jokes, Cade, mm-hmm. about the smart bombs and how smart they are <laughs> and how they can track Spidey. Exactly. Um, so, uh, and then the episode ends on like this really weird cliffhanger where they make yeah, it think. Yeah, the crew just ran out of time. Yeah. <laughs> As, Especially because I just want to roll right into the next episode here because in the next episode, the fight just continues. Like, there is no, like, Spidey's trapped in the building that that the Hobgoblin blew up on him. He literally just, like, zips out the other side and then they continue fighting. And I just thought it was really weird to have this, like, cliffhanger. And I think it was because they just ran out of time. Um, Yeah, it must have been because obviously they probably knew it was going to be a two-parter, but they're just like, we're in the middle of this battle, and we're like, oh, we're gonna run overboard, and they're just like, fuck it. Just this is no where point. we cut it, right? Yeah. Um, and one thing I like is, so the the beginning of the next episode literally just rolls right in. Yeah. Battle continues, but I do like the fact that in the previous episode, the Hobgoblin says, let me, t- let me give you a tour of the village. And in my mind, I was like, well, if they're actually in the village, the village doesn't have any skyscrapers. Like it's all like low level buildings, but yeah. then they actually address that in this episode uh, yeah. where Peter like comes out the other side of that building that gets blown up. And he's like, fuck, there's nowhere for me to web swing. Like I'm really at a disadvantage here. And so I was like, Oh cool. Like they actually clearly the people that worked on the show, like knew New York city when they made this. And I uh, think that's obvious from like the Chrysler building and everything, but you know, to, they make a reference to the village. You know, the, the rhino says he comes from Jersey, which if you're a New Yorker, like, that makes sense that the rhino would be from Jersey. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there, there's an understanding of New York here that the, the writers clearly get. Yeah. Uh, well, do mm-hmm. you do you think... Mm, no, they would have been in Los Angeles, probably, obviously. But... Prob- yes, probably, yeah. but, you know, a lot of people... Especially then, you know, TV yeah. like they, you know, people from New York they moved to LA to make TV yeah, and vice yeah, versa. Yeah. Like, um, and Marvel Studio, you know, Marvel it, it has and always will be like a New York company. Yeah, that's and so was, that's why I was thinking that there is a chance. It depends if uh, it's Fox, so maybe they were in LA. I don't know, but they they, they knew what was up, right? John Semper like sure. knows yeah. about New York. So they fight, they keep fighting, a lot of web swinging, more jokes about smart bombs, and then this is where it's so bizarre, Cade, because two minutes later they pull the same shit, where they make you think, oh, Spidey's been blown up, and <laughs> and then the Hobgoblin like flies away, like, this was the opportune time to have a cliffhanger, Yeah, and and do the whole... shortened like, the last episode down, or cut something out to... It, right, to fit this yeah. little tidbit in, but... Yeah. Uh... Obviously, Spidey, not dead, conveniently able to sneak into the sewers right under the car that exploded above him. Yeah. Um, 
I like when the the firefighters are putting out the water and it always comes rushing down on him. Yep. That park of luck, baby. That park of luck. Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, Norman Osborne is at Oscorp. He is looking at all the footage and he's like, fuck, I've re- I-, I fucked up here. Um, Spidey shows up to confront him and he's like, dude, what is your deal? What is the deal with Fisk? Why is all of this happening? And Norman is very cagey about it. But Peter's like, come on, you have to care care about your son. Um, Peter returns to the hospital. He talks with, with Mary Jane. And he's like, I'm really sorry, Aunt May. This is all my fault. And just a lot of like guilt tripping on guilt tripping on guilt tripping. Uh-huh. <laughs> with the Aunt May stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hobgoblin shows up at... Fisk Tower, aka the Chrysler Building. No one's there, so he's like, "Oh, let me take a little, let me take a, a little seat in the um the the chair." And this is funny because throughout the whole of the last episode, he was on the glider uh-huh. the whole time. And this is that I thought, "Oh, does he never step off the glider?" But we get him stepping off the yeah, glider here. I was starting to think it was like an animation thing for some reason, like a I I don't know what the reason would be, but like. They just had that model, and we're like, we right. don't want to take him off of it. Exactly. Uh, That's what I was thinking as well. I was <laughs> like, well, if the, if they have him walking, there's a lot. Yeah, they have to, like, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. A new version. There's a lot of additional work that has to go into having him move. Because when he's on the glider, he can just be still. Yeah. And they His just, like, move, move him. They just yeah. buzz him around the screen. So it's like when you uh, when you're like Photoshop or whatever, and you can just drag like an image around. You know exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That that's that's. And I, I had the exact same thought of like, oh, they're keeping him on the glider for budget reasons. Yeah, but that's funny. They use they use their walking budget this episode because he's off the yeah. glider for a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> Something I wanted to also point mm. out. I'm I'm just glancing through the Wikipedia page to just follow along to make sure we don't leave anything out and the official name of Fisk Tower is called Crime Central dope that's so fucking funny I mean you know that's you know that's that's its nickname you know like oh Crime Central the Chrysler building so cool um And then it says on their Wikipedia, like, you can click a link and it mm-hmm. will say, like, a description of the building. And it says where it's from and all that. And it says business crime. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a wonder that he has kept this all a secret for as long he as he has. Taxes. Probably, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Uh, Occupation crime. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> Gotta take that off the resume. <laughs> Um, while well, Fisk shows up, finds Hobgoblin sitting, Hobgoblin sitting in the chair, and you got to think to yourself, Fisk probably left it empty to see what the Hobgoblin would do. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, like the Kingpin admires the Hobgoblin's ambition, but also knows that he might at any point turn on him. Uh, and he does, and he does, Cade. Uh, the Hobgoblin mm-hmm. is like, "Fuck you! I can, I can take care of this shit." Uh, oh, and they. That's the important thing. Alistair last episode had recorded the Hobgoblin interacting with Norman, going back after making a deal with Fisk and saying, hey, Norman, like, Fisk trusts me now. Like, let's double cross him. Yeah. Uh, So they have this footage and the Hobgoblin's like, no, I was just trying to double cross Norman. You know, and at this point, it's like, dude, you can't be trusted. You can't be trusted. Mm. We got to take you out. 
Hobgoblin's like, not on my watch. Starts throwing pumpkin bombs. And I'm like, just use the explosive ones, Gobs. Like, he throws one directly at Fisk, but it's a gas. And I was like, if you had thrown an explosive one, your problem solved. You would have just murdered Wilson Fisk. And you wouldn't have any fear of any retribution. But nope, he, he does a bunch of softball throws with these gas ones. <laughs> um, and uh, and then like starts blowing the place up with the explosive ones, but doesn't actually kill Fisk. But he thinks he's killed Fisk. Um, but they, they make it out of there. But the Hobgoblin's like, I'm off scot-free. This is, I'm in control of this tower. And in my mind, Cade, I'm thinking to myself, is this really all it took? To overthrow the kingpin i mean <laughs> you know these 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 episodes they just have this like very uh they they want to like resolve things you know mm-hmm. and so they just they end up getting to the end when you have to have the climax and they've spent so much time in the build-up that everything just has to go so quick mm-hmm. you just have to do it yep and um they they just needed him to be able to take over the tower and they needed yeah it to happen very quickly i get it I get yeah it. uh and then gobby re- brings the terrarium that's been ha- harry osborne's just been hanging this terrarium for days at this point yeah is he getting food is someone <laughs> i know him? if i was if i was the hobgoblin or fisk i would have been like oh shit i forgot i had someone up there like i completely forget that i had a prisoner <laughs> um but hobgoblin like brings him down tries to like butter him up a little bit you know kind of make him feel a little bit more at home Mm. you know to uh to to butter him up he's like this is the i have all of the data all of the crime data in the world like i i I don't yeah again i guess like he thinks he's in charge of this giant crime syndicate like Mm. he was in a duel with the kingpin and now you know for his honor or whatever he's in charge of this but he calls up norman he's like i've got your son um still and then Wilson Fisk goes to Norman Osborne and he's like, right, we've got a real problem here. How do we want to solve this? And they're like, well, let's pit Spider-Man against Hobgoblin and have, have them take each other out. And then we'll forget about the whole assassination attempt, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so they feed, I think they feed Spidey, Norman feeds Spidey some information. Uh, Spidey finds uh, the... Again, another secret entrance to the crime to Crime Central to the Chrysler Building that's located on the other side of town. But there's all these pipes and sewers and everything, and he eventually finds his way up into the top of uh, Fisk Tower. Cri- sorry, Crime Central. And yeah, Wilson Fisk is like, great. Spidey will show up. He'll fight Hobgoblin. Hopefully, they'll 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 destroy each other. Uh, and. Hobby's there, he's just enjoying the high life, and Spidey, like, uses his very sticky webbing, he's got that very sticky webbing that's basically like a sludge, (laughs) to stick the glider to the ground, knock it over, and uh, Hobgoblin is like, oh, where where are you, Spider-Man? He starts throwing pumpkin bombs, Spidey shows up, they have a fight, Um, he's got these razor blades too, he's got these, like, spinning discs on top of the pumpkin bombs as well. Uh, and in the fight, they actually uh, deliver some structural damage to the uh, part of the ceiling where the container holding Harry Osborne is hooked up. 
uh, and that falls, and the Hobgoblin tries to escape whilst Spidey saves Harry from, you know, being crushed. Uh, and the Hobgoblin escapes, and he's like, quick, let's get out of here before this whole building explodes. And I'm like, dude, I think, like, you're good. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. clearly there's yeah. no structural integrity issues here, because no. Kingpin and Smythe just roll right in, and they're totally chill about the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, this is also the part where we see Harry from the intro, right? Yes. With the, the building exploding. Right, yes, because they... They they get back in. That Spidey's taking the elevator down. Alistair Smythe is like, "Oh shit, we can kill them if we just drop this elevator." Um, and apparently, the way elevators work, Cade, in this universe, is it's just the Grabatron. You know those like um, arcade cabinet, yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. It's just the claw holding onto an elevator, <laughs> and all you need to do is press a button, and that claw will go boop. And it'll just drop yeah, the elevator. I don't think that's how elevators work. Uh, you know, I'm no in- elevator engineer, but... Uh, Maybe know, a crime central. All the things that I've seen. <laughs> I've seen Toy Story 2, and they look like they operate a little differently. A little differently, for sure. <laughs> so that that drops that's dropping at an alarming rate, but Spidey is able to crawl out the top of the elevator and, and web just in time before it crashes. Uh, and then, yeah, Alistair and Kingpin see on the camera that they survived. So, like, cool, we've got to destroy the tunnel. Uh, A, we can kill Spider-Man, but B, then there'll be no evidence left of of it's this secret entrance or whatever. Mm. So they blow it up, and as you said, this is the this is the opening, the shot in the opening, which is cut to multiple times in the opening intro, where he's running with Harry in his arms. Interesting yeah. choice of uh, shot, and then he brings he brings Harry to Norman, and Norman is like, I, I do, and th- and this Cade is where my adult brain watching these realizes what the purpose of this episode is, <laughs> because Peter uh, Spidey is basically like, how can you not care about your son? And Norman's like, look, dude, I have a lot of responsibility. I'm the CEO of one of the biggest companies on the world. Mm-hmm. And I regret missing birthdays and, you know, karate class, which at the time seemed just like whatever. But, you know, as you get older, you realize these are the important moments in, in your life. And, yeah. I, you know, I had to make a lot of decisions and I regret doing that and missing out. And then, you know, and that's what Peter's dealing with, with May, right? Like he mm-hmm. keeps leaving May at the hospital. She could go at any moment. And he has this responsibility as Spider-Man. And yeah. so, as a kid, all of that shit flew right Goes over my head. head. Yeah. But as an adult, I was like, oh, okay, there's a duality to these stories. There's a reason yeah. that this is happening. And there's something Spidey can learn. This is good fucking storytelling. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, very thoughtful. And it's very uh, Cast in the Cradle. You know that song? Mm-hmm. Cats in the Cradle of the Silver uh, Spoon, right? Yeah, yeah. And I like yeah. I like the fact that Norman is he feels like a really good mix here of unlike um someone like uh and I'm not criticizing Willem Dafoe's performance because I really like Willem Dafoe <laughs> as the Green Goblin. Yeah. But I truly don't think I never get the sense that he actually cares about Harry in um, the original movie. Yeah. Like well, actually cares. Actually cares, yeah. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, there's a little bit of it in that he doesn't 
once. Okay, so there's obviously the moment when Harry comes back from Aunt May at the hospital Mm -hmm. and sees Peter and MJ having a moment. And he comes home and he's telling his dad, he's like, I saw this and it it just broke my heart and mm-hmm. Norman's like, I'm going to fix this or something like, and it sh- Harry should have been like, you know what, what are you going to do? Uh, uh, but, <laughs> are you going to murder um, my friend? <laughs> yeah. What? Um, and I'm not sure. I understand. Whoops. Oh, Siri thought Siri, Siri, I got activated at some point. That's fine. <laughs> um, and then there's also obviously the moment when he dies, uh, where he the, his last words are don't, don't tell, tell Harry. Harry right and that's why you know that's why Peter kind of lives this lie the entire time not telling Harry that um, his dad was the Green Goblin yeah and that he was you know a bad guy yeah. um, so there's a little bit of it it's just maybe not as director direct isn't even the right word but uh front and center maybe mm-hmm. as as it could be mm-hmm. yeah no totally um yeah i mean you make good points there um but it, obviously this is a tv show like we're getting multiple episodes you know yeah. we're see and you know he hasn't a meet you know he's not the green goblin like he hasn't been green goblin this entire season yeah, exactly. like we're getting norman not as the green goblin whereas we get very little of that obviously in the spider-man movie mm. um hi has cupquake why I can't even read that name, but thank you for jumping into the chat. We are talking about Hobgoblin Part Two of Two. We're about to wrap it up here, and I thought this episode was done. I thought, okay, cool. Now Peter will drop off. He'll have learned his lesson. Peter will drop us off. He'll go to May and be like, I, I, I've got to figure out a way to be here for May and be Spider Man at the same time. Yeah, but no, Cade. The Hobgoblin shows. Hobgoblin shows up for one last ride. Um, and, uh, he flies in, he, he literally just swoops in, throws a pumpkin bomb and then tries to peace. <laughs> yeah. He's um, a fucking asshole. <laughs> but we do get, uh, you know, they did this obviously for this important moment of, uh, Harry's about to be crushed by some debris and Norman jumps in the way, mm-hmm. um, you know, showing like, okay, Norman does actually care. Spidey fortunately yeah. stops it from crushing both of them. And then uh, they start fighting outside of Oscorp. Um, but there, there isn't any real fighting. Hobgoblin's like, ah, I'm not dealing with the. Oh, I think he... Um... Oh, that's right. Okay, so Peter crawls up on top of one of these towers. And Hobgoblin comes to dive down. But Peter jumps out the way. Uh, Hobgoblin knocks his glider, and then we get Cade. Did you recognize this sound effect, Cade? Mm, I don't know. So, the Hobgoblin knocks into the, um, uh, knocks into, yeah, into a smokestack, and he starts, like, uh, tumbling away, and it cuts to his face, cuts to the Hobgoblin's face, and he goes, ah! Like, he does this scream. It is the same scream from um venom when they it's it's tweaked a little bit but if you go back it's the one where when venom is set when eddie is getting separated i think from the symbiote at the end yeah with the sonic from the shuttle taking off yeah um uh it's the same it's the same sound yeah it's just slightly different but it's the same at first i was like is that the scorpion scream 
from when he's like, <laughs> ah! but no, it's the venom <laughs> scream. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't know that. The show does a lot to cut around its budget constraints for, you know, being a Spider-Man show. It still had a lot of restrictions, it seems. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we get back to the hospital. Uh, the doctor chastises Peter. He's like, where the fuck have you been? Like, your aunt has <laughs> basically just been, you know, on the edge of death. Mm. Um, also, you know, and Mary Jane's not happy with him either. Um, but he's like, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out. Uh, he's like, don't worry, this is the end of that irresponsibility, which, of course, mm. we know is not the case. And then May wakes up, and she's like, oh, oh. She's like, Peter, you just can't live in that apartment. Why? Because uh, I, I got attacked by a hobgoblin. No, because it's so messy. You, you're so messy. You don't have anyone to tidy up after you. And then Peter's like, I guess I'll move back home. And I'm like, no, dude, you fucking don't, don't give Aunt May an inch on this one. You've got a dope new apartment. You're not moving back to fucking Forest Hills mm-hmm. uh, in Queens. Like, that's an insane commute for school. It's an insane commute. <laughs> you got a cushy deal. You got to figure something out. But he, <laughs> he decides that he's going to move back home. And then we've got, and then we have like a final moment of him thinking about the hobgoblin and like for some reason these this episode also ends with like the hobgoblin flying into the moon which is how the venom which is how the venom episode ended and i'm like are all these episodes going to end with like the moon with the face of the villain (laughs) that (laughs) works once maybe not twice i don't know yeah it was it was interesting um sneaky bear says give aunt may zero inches dot 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 save them all for mary jane i agree Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I tell you what, may, maybe Mary Jane's the hobgoblin. She's wearing a yellow top. She's got blue it's jeans. It's entirely possible. Damn. It's entirely possible. We never see them in the same place at, at the same You're time. Right. You're right. He never tries to kidnap Mary Jane. Ooh, mm-hmm. did we just figure it mm-hmm. out? Did we just figure it out? Uh, okay, so that's the end of the hobgoblin part two of two. And then we have... Just a very bizarre episode, I think. Especially I... because it introduces S.H.I.E.L.D., which I yeah. just completely forgot happened in this show. I, I remember it, but I thought it was a lot more... Um, a lot more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie to you. I fell very asleep nice, in the middle of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't blame you. I, I woke up and saw the helicarrier and i'm like what the fuck happened <laughs> <laughs> well let, let me tell let me tell you what happened so the episode opens with uh a man checking in at an airport uh he's just landed at jfk and then a bunch of shield agents show up and it's not you know you might think oh cool black widow hawkeye no it yeah. is uh just random shield agents uh the guy has this cool suitcase it's got like a um a little missile launcher built into it, so he shoots like a gas missile. Again, gas weapons, very popular thing for villains. He, he starts to escape, he runs down the hall, he bumps into a maintenance worker and and steals his identity. And he's got this belt buckle that can capture people's you know, capture people's images and then just turn him into that, which I thought was cool because in the comics it's all like masks and you know, it's um, it's like Mission Impossible, like these face masks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, anyway, so I, I like this, but the belt buckle becomes like just like a huge glaring plot hole <laughs> for the <laughs> rest of this episode. And we'll get into that <laughs> as he assumes multiple forms and everything. Mm. But he captures the uh, identity of this uh, maintenance worker at the airport. He gasses him. Uh, he steals a helicopter, flies away. Um, uh, but S.H.I.E.L.D. is chasing them in their own helicopter. They're flying all over Manhattan. Uh, the helicopter crashes. Uh, yeah, it's a big fucking explosion, too. Yeah, it is a big... Like, people definitely died in that building. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Peter unwittingly saves the chameleon, because he mm-hmm. doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um. So the so he saves the chameleon. The chameleon escapes, and he changes into his actual chameleon form. And he's kind of Nazi looking, you know what I mean? Like a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he, uh... he looks like Red Skull with just a white face. Yeah, which you know, problematic. Um. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> then we cut to Peter running into the Daily Bugle at a tremendous speed. He is so excited to talk to J. Jonah Jameson, and then we're introduced to Betty Brant for the first time, who again didn't know that they had her in this um and i'm pretty sure right she wasn't in any of the previous episodes who betty brandt oh right yeah i don't think so yeah like she suddenly jameson just has betty brandt as his secretary um for the for the first time and we've never brought her up in past episodes but despite the fact that we've spent a lot of time in the daily bugle it doesn't matter um yeah <laughs> people are crowding jameson's uh office because it was one of his news copters that crashed plus he's got this event coming up and he's like i can't deal with this i have to go to the tailors i have to get a suit peter runs into the elevator with him as he's leaving the building and he's like hey i want to be the photographer that's there at the event jameson's like i get one photographer and i'm not using a freelancer and Peter's argument is, but this could win me the Pulitzer Prize. I'm like, this isn't how negotiations work, Peter Parker. You don't tell the guy that you need something from what this situation can do for you. Yeah. You tell him why you are well-equipped to, do, to do this. Yeah. Like, this is not how this works. He keeps going, but I want, I want to take the photo. Like, it could win me a Pulitzer. And I'm like, do you know who you're talking <laughs> to? This guy doesn't give a shit about you or your career. Couldn't give a flying fuck. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, something really quickly I wanted to point out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found this. Uh, the scene what? at the beginning of the episode where the helicopter that the he- chameleon is flying crashes into a building, but was later edited out of reruns of the episode after oh. the September 11, 2001 terrorist attack. Oh, wow. Which is kind of crazy. Um, and then they and put then, it back in, I guess? Well, it crashes into the like river in the Disney Plus version. Mm. Um, oh, at the end? No, at the, at the beginning. No, at the beginning it crashes into a building. Uh, I don't yeah, know. it well, totally <laughs> crashes. But I, the, the, the helicopter at the end of the show does crash into the river and explode. And I thought okay. that was strange. I was like, this isn't okay. how helicopters and rivers work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, you're right, you're right, you're right. But the, um, the, the J3 chopper in the beginning does yes, crash into a building. Yes. I Again, I was fading in and, and out, out of context. In and out, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um, and then another thing I also saw is, um, according to John Semper Jr., when Nell Carter, who is the voice of Glory Grant, 
uh, recording her line. Glory so, Grant, not yes. Betty Brant. Whoops. Yes, that's who you're thinking of. Yeah, right. Uh, so I was like, Betty Brant was in this. Man, I really am fucking crazy. Uh, it was in the middle of the O.J. Simpson murder trial. When Nell Carter went into the studio to record her lines, she was all fired up against men. Somehow, John Semper Jr. became the main male target in her sight. She didn't know him, but she decided that Semper was going to be the recipient of her fairly long, loud, vis- v- 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 I don't know what that fucking word is, but tirade <laughs> against men and against violence towards women. All Semper could remember of that day is having to listen to a blistering attack on the male gender, of which, according to Semper, he was the sole ambassador in the room at the moment. As Nell ranted and raved, Semper didn't utter a word because he thought he would just make things worse. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, I mean, and kudos to her, I guess. So, how was she? In, how was she involved? Did she know OJ? No, I think she just like saw. She was just like was mad at it, right? Right? Upset. Right? Yeah. Right. So. Um. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Fascinating stuff. Well, I mean, she's she's great. I mean, that energy obviously brought to the character. Yeah. She's a very uh, go get them kind of person. Yeah. And is Glory Grant is she in the comics? Mm, I don't think so. Like, is this um, oh, just a, a character that's standing in for... I I think it's oh, a character think it made think... for the show. Um, no, 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 the, she's oh, in Oh, no, in the comics, Glory yeah. Grant moved in the same apartment complex Peter Parker lived in, and the two became friends. As a neighbor of Peter Parker, Peter then helps to secure a position as J. Jonah Jameson's secretary at the Daily Bugle, replacing Betty Brant. Glory Grant, Betty Brant. You can see why, and they have the yeah. same job. You can see why I confuse yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> um, interesting. And it is interesting that they it didn't have Betty here, and maybe yeah. maybe they did want to obviously like have a bit more of a diverse cast here, and that makes sense. Sure. But you know, um, I I just was like, oh, I thought, oh, Betty Brandt is uh, is black in the in the show, um, yeah. and that that's why I thought it was just Betty Brandt. But no, sorry, Glory Grant. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Peter and uh, Jonah leave the Daily Bugle. Jonah's, Jonah gives him a chance because he's got a little bit of a soft spot for Peter and says, you have until we get to the Taylors, which is a great line of dialogue. And Peter's like, woohoo! Like, he's super <laughs> stoked about this. Mm-hmm. As they're leaving, the chameleon is hit, hiding in the shadows. He takes a picture of JJ with his fucking stupid belt and turns, poof, turns into him. Uh, and very, very good that J. Jonah Jameson wears, like, a long coat to hide the belt. And you would think that the chameleon would figure out a way to hide the belt more. Because mm-hmm. that is a dead giveaway that you are the chameleon. Mm-hmm. On top of that, how do people not figure that shit out? Because there's multiple points in this episode where people... Like, if I was them, I'd just be like, is he wearing a belt? Not the clone. Not the, not the replicant, you know? <laughs> But people do not use their best sense of judgment in this episode. They are constantly falling for the chameleon shenanigans. And I'm like, dude, he's got the belt. He's the one with the belt. <laughs> anyway. No, um, you're, you're right. It, <laughs> it stands out like a sore thumb. Like, I, I went to school with some... Mm-hmm. Now, I, I live in a very white suburban area, but um, I went to to school with some very hick kind of people. And... Mm. Um, they all wore these fucking obnoxiously flashy cowboy belts, and 
it, it it was the first thing I noticed. You know, people always say like, "Oh, the first thing you notice about someone is their eyes." I'm like, no, the first thing I noticed about those kids were their fucking ugly belts. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's it's the equivalent of that. Like, it really is just quite bizarre how he doesn't think to cover it, and people don't think to look to look. Oh, uh, yeah. it's so dumb. Like my biggest, it just really makes this episode kind of whatever. Uh, do you remember? Did you play the Amazing Spider-Man Two game? A little bit. Uh, so you didn't finish it? No, I didn't finish it, but I played enough. Okay, is, is well, the chameleon in that? I've never seen this. Um, so there's a post-credit scene at the end of that. Oh game no, no, no! Yeah, I didn't where... get anywhere near any post-credit shit with that yeah. game. At the very end, the chameleon shows up, and I think he's like talking to Kingpin, and they're like hatching a plan for the game that they thought they were gonna make probably for the next fucking movie right and i was like is this having to do with the movie because like that seems like a really bold move to be like we're going to set up the sequel for mm-hmm. our movie tie-in game but we right. don't know what's gonna be in the next movie I, I don't fucking know interesting we'll never know what happened with those movies those movies were fucking <laughs> Yeah, well, well, we're going to get to them eventually. We will. <laughs> we yeah. will get to them. Um, so they're in this vehicle, and then the, the driver turns it into the this jet and straps Peter and JJ in, and he's like, Hot, just be chill out, relax, which is what you want to say when you're kidnapping two people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But he gasses them, He fly, and he flies the vehicle up into the sky. When Peter wakes up, he's in a holding cell. He uh, decides to sneak through the ventilation. And then we have what I... Oh, and then he passes, like, all these... He's like, this must be a school for assassins. Because <laughs> he, he passes, and he sees through, like, uh, a slit in, into a training room in the ventilation. And they're doing, like, target practice. So he's like, this is a school for assassins. And yeah, then we see that part. And then we get what I think is an homage and a little bit to Empire Strikes Back. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's the first thing I thought of when, when he like kind of falls out the side of the helicopter. The hatch, right? so and it's it's like the the Luke at the very end of Empire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, uh, there's even like a um antenna that's very mm-hmm. similar to that when the Luke's holding on to it. So. Oh, yeah, it's literally... I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's the fucking... It's He doesn't hold on to it like Luke does, but it is the... No, ant- yeah. It's, like, right next to him, and that does look just like the antenna. Yeah. So I think that was intentional. Yeah, it has to be, because, like, yeah. my... That was, like, the first thing my brain jumped to. I was like, whoa, that's fucking Empire Strikes Back. Like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he is on the helicarrier, as you pointed out, and I like the design of the helicarrier. It's like almost like a city. It's 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 not it's just crazy. it's not just like a a, ca- a jet carrier that you'd find in the yeah. ocean that's in the sky. Like it, it's a whole compound. I, yeah. I like the design of it a lot. Peter crawls back in the hole, goes through, and then comes across a van, and boom, Nick fucking Fury. Not Samuel L. Jackson Nick Fury because this was the nineties. <laughs> this is white. Nick, yeah. This is old school Nick Fury from the comics. He's there, and okay. This moment where they set up the obituary, <laughs> I yes. am like, oh my god. Is this really the best way we could have done this, guys? Uh, I, I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, ah, sure, <laughs> fuck it, why not? So, 
J. Jonah Jameson is like, oh my god, you're Nick Fury, you're the war hero. And I, I like that. Like, people knew that he was a... You know, he didn't have to introduce himself like that. That's a yeah. good way to rush through it. Like, this is a big deal, dude. Peter even knows when he's hiding in the tube. Oh, fuck, Nick Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. And J. Jonah is like, I wrote your obituary. And Nick Fury's like, yeah, I got a bone to pick you with you with that. You reversed my image. The eye patch is on the wrong eye in my picture <laughs> in the obituary. Um, but I do like, I think they do a little bit of a good job with, obviously, like, they felt like they needed to set this up as this thing for what happens later in the show, but Nick Fury does use this as, like, hey, you're usually really bad at fucking up details, and we need mm-hmm. you to not do that, because I've got a job for you. And so I was mm-hmm. like, okay, they, they tie back into why Nick Fury went to his whole spiel about the obituary, and mm-hmm. why the the thing was fucked up. So anyway, I just thought this is a lud- this is a ludicrous thing. It's it's definitely like if you're above the age of probably ten, you can see where it's going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he even types in bugle obits like in his search computer. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, oh, also Nick Fury is in this dope ass floating chair. The makers of the show they love floating chairs. They gave Alice to Smythe one. They gave Nick Fury one for some reason. They probably thought that's where the future was going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, people, important, cool people, they have floating chairs. Floating chairs, chairs. and no one has floating chairs. Right? <laughs> uh, Nick Fury explains that the chameleon is this, you know, this work for hire terrorist. They found him in, like, Kosovo and Sarajevo and all these different countries that I didn't even know existed. Uh, causing all these attacks, and he always slipped away because he's able to mimic the look of anyone. So he pretended to be a firefighter, he pretended to be a nurse, and they've never caught him, but now they're going to catch him. And he's in New York City, and his target is these two ambassadors from this country who uh, are signing a peace treaty, and Mm. if he assassinates him, it could cause, you know, if if, if anything goes wrong, um, it could cause you know, huge friction between between the two mm. um, and lead to a war in whatever country they represent. So Jay, he's like, I need you to be your eyes and ears. They're pr- he's probably, it's probably going to go down at your party or the ambassadors. And uh, you know your employees better than anyone. So you'll notice if something's up. Here, take this pin with the shield logo on and wear it and tap it if you notice something suspicious. Mm. Like, why don't you just hand the fucker an FBI badge to put around his neck? Like, <laughs> oh, I get that they make it like, oh, Shield is a secret. Not even the FBI and CIA know sure. about them. But still, if it I still was the chameleon, looks... yeah, you'd be like, hmm, that's interesting. A little... Eagle pin you've got there. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know you were such a patriot. I know. Um... Like, I've never seen you uh, wear this at all, especially because I've I've been you. I've been yeah, your I, body. I've literally been inside of your body. <laughs> um... <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so he gives him the pin. Um, jo- Jonah's like, okay, here's a chance for me to be um, a hero. Uh, Peter goes back to his cell. Because he's like, yeah, we'll we'll take you and your your friend, put you down on the the ground or whatever. We don't have time to get into the fact that they kidnapped the you know the implications of kidnapping these people. Like, what was Peter <laughs> thinking? Like, what would you tell? What would you tell him happened? Whatever. 
Uh, back at the bugle, the chameleon is just taking fucking selfies of each of the <laughs> employees with his belt. And it is amazing that all he needs is this amount of information. He doesn't need, like, a full body scan. He no. can simply just take a shitty picture of a shitty picture, yeah. and boom, he can replicate So what happens you. if, like, he seduces someone's, like, a face-off situation where <laughs> he, he, like, he's... Can, he's cloned someone who has a spouse or a significant other and then they're like hey come have sex with me mm. and i know this is a children's show but like if he takes off his pants is there like no dick all right what's no the like, what's vagina? the dick situation kate i yeah, was like, thinking i was thinking during this whole episode what's the dick situation is it just uh, one like his super like white dick that he has I'm sure i know i know that's nothing there i know <laughs> i was i was thinking that too i was just like how is he because i get the face and i get yeah. the clothes but yeah. like what's going on underneath <laughs> anyway some fucking weird like error like yeah. <laughs> like a computer <laughs> yeah missing no from pokemon anyway <laughs> yeah. so he's in the office he's taking the pictures glory grant comes in basically is like hey like do you need anything before the thing and he's like yeah i need all the security details she's like i gave those to you already and he's like well, i need them again and she's like fine i'll go get them so he sends her out, and then he, uh, I guess, the chameleon pretends to be Robbie. Mm. And then um, Glory comes back in. Oh, yeah, right. now. Ja so Glory leaves. Jameson and Peter returns. So the chameleon's like, all right, I got to go be someone else. He becomes Robbie Robertson. Um, Glory comes in with the files, gives them to Jameson. Jameson's like, what the fuck? You already gave me these earlier. And she's like, oh, I'm going to quit. Um, although she doesn't quit, but you know, she's, she's pissed yeah. off. <laughs> um, Robbie is like walking down the, how does this happen here? Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. So, um, she puts them on the table and then like Robbie comes in or something and talks with Peter and Jay Jonah and then leaves. And then Jay Jonah's like, wait, what happened to the security files? Mm -hmm. And then, oh no, uh, Robbie Robertson must, that must not be Robbie, that must be the chameleon. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, there's some intuitive, like, yeah, you're reading the situation. Like, you understand that someone could have infiltrated <laughs> your staff here. This is the level of intuition that I wish some fucking S.H.I.E.L.D. agents would bring to the matter. Because you would think he taps the thing. Smarter. He taps yeah. the thing to say, like, hey, uh, it's not even like a... A radio it's just like if this thing beeps uh if the other if the shield agents thing beeps they know something's up that's it they don't get any more information than that right so peter's like oh shit if the chameleon's in here i better like turn into spidey um the chameleon like almost runs into robbie he's like hiding and then the fucking agents jump the real robbie robertson mm. uh also a great name robbie robertson brilliant Every I love how like pretty much everyone in this name I, I forget the term. There's a literary term for it. Alliterate. Uh, I mean it, that name's alliterate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Peter Parker, Betty Brant, J. Jonah Jameson, Glory Grant. Robbie Robinson, Glory Grant. But Robbie Robertson, uh, Robbie, short for Robert. Yeah. Like it's not even like Robert Richard Robertson or yeah. Robert Richardson, Robbie Richardson. It's I Robert Robertson. <laughs> I had a teacher in sixth or seventh grade. He, he, I just saw him the other day. Uh, he 
was like a computer teacher and his name was Mr. Robinson and I'm pretty sure his first name was Robbie. Wow. Uh, oh, so, it was yeah. Robinson? Yeah. Mm, okay. So, I mean, it's a little different because it's Robert Robinson, but mm. yeah, I get it. I mean, I knew a guy called William Williams in, <laughs> in school, so I get it. People are fucking want to torture their kids. Um, yeah, so call him just Bill at that point. <laughs> the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents jump Robbie, paying no attention to his belt to see if this is indeed the chameleon or not. Mm-hmm. Um, just jump him. Spidey's crawling through the, the, the halls. They see, he sees them covering Robbie, and he knows, oh, his spider sense doesn't go off, so that must not be the chameleon. You guys are fucked up. Nick Fury's like, why the fuck is Spider-Man here? Take him out. She ta- he tells the shield agent to take him out. Right. And then the agent's like, oh, no belt buckle. You must mm-hmm. not be the guy. Spread out. So Chameleon Robbie is walking around um, the building. Turns back into... Turns into Glory Grant, but someone notices the transformation happen. One of the shield agents notices. So um, uh, uh, Chameleon is trying to escape. Uh, Spider-Man is, like, tailing after her, but... Uh, the chameleon like gasses Spidey, um, and she escapes. The chameleon escapes as Peter Parker. That's how he gets out of the building. And as he's leaving the building, he runs into Mary Jane, who has come mm-hmm. to invite Peter. And this is tragic shit, man. I, I it bums me out. You know what I mean? Like mm. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. First off, he kisses her. Under yeah. the pretense of being Peter Parker, which is yeah. a little rapey. So there's that. <laughs> and then on top of that, obviously, MJ thinks Peter knows that he, she, Peter, she's come to invite him to the show. So mm-hmm. she, she's under the impression that Peter knows. And obviously, he's very enthusiastic about it because he just straight up kisses yeah. her in the lobby. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, but Peter's not going to go to the show because he doesn't know it's happening. It's Plus, tragic. he's going to deal with this. It's Sucks. Like I Spider-Man feel so shit. bad for him, man. I would be the, so bummed. Yeah, this, this is me. what I've always loved about Spider-Man is that it introduces all of these things in like that you can't get in any other like romance story. Mm-hmm. Like that's exclusive to Spider-Man, but creates these incredibly like dramatic moments and stuff. Um, like in the Raimi series where he has to reject her because he doesn't want her to get hurt and can't tell her and all these different things it, it, it does all these really cool things and that's what i've always loved about spider-man in the romantic aspect mm-hmm. is that it's not just you know iron man kisses pepper pox and that's it <laughs> right or it's or it's you know whatever there's like so many more layers to it and it makes it a lot more compelling mm-hmm. i agree i agree uh well the chameleon does escape with the security detail plans um and yeah and 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 he kisses Mary Jane to hide from the security agents so they don't notice his belt buckle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh Peter goes to the party. He's just like, "All right, I guess I'll just surveil the situation, see see if anything goes wrong." The chameleon shows up dressed like the beetle. Like, this was bizarre to me. <laughs> like <laughs> like he's got this like suit and he looks like the beetle. It's it's weird. Um, it's a weird Oh, everything about this is fucking bizarre. But yep. yeah, so he melts. He melts the window, which is cool. Yeah, he's got this window melting technology. 
of course. Um, but I guess. Oh fuck! Hang on, sorry. Whoopsie. Let's go back. Okay. See, this gets confusing because I'm like trying to like watch the um, yeah, like look at the thumbnails as I scrub the timeline. But I'm like, is this the <laughs> is this the chameleon or is this yeah. another character or whatever? Um, tells his people to like go to some floor and then the chameleon changes his true form and spider-man leaps through that hole mm-hmm. and confronts him and then chameleon throws a grenade and it's like smoke and uh spider-man chases after him runs into shield agents and there's this whole you know it's very confusing for everyone yeah because peter they, peter t- the chameleon turns into spider-man, into Spider-Man. again yeah another yeah impersonator we've gotten three this season (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if they continue to do that next season i can't i can't imagine that they do oh i'm sure we get another one i promise you we're gonna get another (laughs) one um so pete so what's really fucking funny is again this is the he he gasses them the the chameleon gasses them as Mm spider-man then he turns into the main agent again belt buckle clearly on display and then when the gas dissipates, there's actual Spider-Man without a belt buckle there. And then yeah. there's the agent with the belt buckle. And the agent says, take down the chameleon. And the agents spend no intelligent points at all here. They just immediately try and take out Spidey. Uh, despite the fact he does not have the belt buckle. And she does. And I think they try and make it a bit more easier on the audience because the actual agent has a belt buckle on it yeah uh, on her but it's very different from the mirror buckle yeah 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 can take photos yeah exactly (laughs) oh my god so um ah okay so peter Peter webs up the agents. A lot of plot in this one. Yeah. <laughs> Peter fucking webs up the agents. Nick Fury's like, what the fuck's going on? I, I sent you agents in, but like you're clearly not dealing with the situation. He's like, I'm gonna show up myself. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and def- take care of this situation. Mm-hmm. Um so the chameleon sabotages the gas line oh my god. The chameleon sabotages the gas main of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, so then the chefs are like, oh, no, no, we cannot, like, I, I shit you not, this is like the fucking French impression the guy's doing. He's yeah. like, too sweet, uh, I need to fix the gas, you guys need to do that. So the chameleon pretends to be a J3 employee, mm-hmm. and is like, I have to go check out the gas. Uh, sure. then, then, and I, I, I don't understand, we'll, we'll get to it in a sec, but ba- then it cuts to Mary Jane at the play. Mary Jane sees, and again, this is this was clearly taken for Spider Man too. This whole like she notices in the audience, he's not yeah there. Um, she's in a period piece like in Spider Man too. Um, yeah, this one's a, a Shakespeare play. It's she's playing Helena in fucking I don't remember the name of the play in Helena. Uh, no, I have no is idea. Is that what it's called? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, a Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, it is Midsummer. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, um, the... Okay, so... But she's pissed. She's pissed off at... Um, oh, that's why. Okay, so... Okay. 
So she's pissed off that Peter missed the play because she thought thought that he was going to show up because mm. all that stuff. So this is this was the chameleon's plot. He turned off the gas so a J3 employee could go down there to turn it back on, and then he could kidnap the J3 employee to impersonate him so he could get to the top floor. A very a weird way to go about that. I don't know why they didn't just have him like kidnap a J3 employee and imitate him and he had to do mm. this whole thing to lure him down and turn on the gas off whatever so he arrives up on the the third floor um the main agent i forget her name uh but it's not black widow or anything like that shows up uh but peter's spidey sense goes off so he's like oh the chameleon must be here who is it and the chameleon as the agent is like sneaking around but the oh sorry, as the J three employee, you know, uh, maintenance guy is sneaking around, but the main agent she gets to she gets to J Jonah before him, and therefore is able to prevent the chameleon from making his move. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter sees the group going up to the roof. He sees the um, J Jonah is gonna and the ambassador is gonna be whisked away from the party, basically like. Shit's too hot right now. Like, we just need to get you out of here. We can't, you know, we tr- we tried under pretenses, um, you know, making it seem like nothing was wrong, but we just need to get you out of here at this point. At which mm. point Nick Fury shows up, and this is brilliant, Cade. So Nick Fury shows up, and he's like, I'll take it from here. <laughs> and Spider-Man's there, and he looks, and he's like, wait a second. And then about a thousand back-and-forth cuts happen. Yeah. Like... An ungodly amount. We just needed the one to and, show. <laughs> yeah. The, obviously, the eye patch is on the wrong side. It's right. chameleon. Right. It's like, okay, if you notice that, why did you not notice he's wearing this fucking ridiculous I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's like... Because <laughs> he's not, if I'm correct, like, Nick Fury doesn't have... Okay, well, to be fair, Nick Fury is wearing, like, a dinner jacket that's yeah. covering the belt. Sure. But the but. other, th- but also, Cade, I'm realizing here's another fucking glaring issue. Yeah. So he's Nick Fury dressed in Nick Fury's dinner jacket. Mm. When did he capture Nick Fury's image? He captured Nick Fury's image from the obituary. Just his face. Which is just his face, and in the obituary, is it is it the dinner jacket he's wearing? No, it, it's it's his like it's his uniform uniform yeah so how did he clone the dinner jacket did he i don't even remember i thought he i thought he was in this in this scene he's he's i guess he must have cloned nick fury and then put on a dinner jacket what the fuck because <laughs> he's wearing yeah and it's it's really it's really bizarre and the real nick fury's on his way in a helicopter mm-hmm. um and then the chameleon is like about to take, you know, assassinate the ambassador. Spidey jumps in, and if I was Spider Man, I'd be yelling, "It's the chameleon! The eye patch is yeah. on the wrong eye!" But Spidey <laughs> just decides to try and tackle what everyone else thinks is real Nick Fury. Oh God! And then as he's getting tied up, about the fifth or sixth line he wants to say is, "That's the chameleon. He's the eye patch is on the wrong side." Mm-hmm. Um, at which point, because I'm a dumb S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, I'd be like, well, is the Spider-Man the chameleon? You know, uh, whatever. But anyway. Uh, 
So they're like, oh shit, it is the fake Nick Fury. And he was like going for a gun. And then um, Spidey... Yeah, so Nick Fury's like going for a gun. The agent realizes, oh shit, the eye patch is on the wrong side. And then... Uh, oh yeah, and then Nick, the real Nick Fury is in the elevator and he buzzes up and he's like, I'm on my way to the roof. So the agent's like, oh shit, this is the chameleon. And the yeah. Nick Fury is wearing the his di- the same dinner jacket and he's in the elevator coming up so how the fuck did the chameleon get this costume because we know that he uses the obituary picture but i i, I really don't fucking know like <laughs> i mean it's a kid's cartoon so it doesn't matter but it is a huge plot hole <laughs> it's just i there this whole episode is just a fucking piece of nonsense, I'll be honest. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. And, um, oh my god. So, <laughs> so Spidey breaks free. He's like, I'm going to try and take the chameleon down. The chameleon's like, all right, I just got to abort the, the mission at this point. He jumps in a helicopter, and then the main agent shoots the rotor. And this is that moment. This is the scene, Cade. That you said mm-hmm. was they didn't want the helicopter to crash into the building because of 9-11. Despite the fact that we still see the footage from earlier of um, a helicopter crashing into a building. So she mm. shoots the road, the helicopter starts falling, and it looks like it's about to crash into a building. And she's like, oh my god. And then the helicopter goes round the side of the building, behind the building, crashes into the river, and blows up in the most violent fashion you've ever seen <laughs> yeah that, that's the one i was talking about yeah that's what I'm talking about because it's like it hits the water yeah should not cause it to have this huge explosion. no like, no yeah, no helicopter is probably a big explosion but like it it, it makes it look like it's crashed into a fucking gas station like yep. <laughs> it's it's huge yeah and it's like the water like creates like a ripple effect it's like, like a bomb dropped in the ocean it's it's ridiculous yeah it's uh it's it, it's it's the biggest explosion we've had on the show i would say and buildings have exploded <laughs> i know i know it's it's such like it's such a bizarre bizarre choice to have this happen and um yeah so they're like oh the chameleon the chameleon must be dead or whatever mm-hmm. and uh then Jonah and and then he's like, yeah, he must have gotten. He explains, even though we know that the eye patch is on the wrong side because he got it from the obituary. We still need, we still need Spider Man to explain it to Jonah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have that moment. Then we cut to the signing, I guess, at the UN the next day. Uh, Peter Parker. Uh, Jonah's like watching it happen. He's like, "I'm really glad we could be here for this." Peter comes in and is like, "Oh, I just need, to, I just need to take a photo. I just need the perfect shot." Obviously, this is the chameleon because you know what? He's still wearing that fucking belt buckle. <laughs> yeah, it's but <sighs> um, but Spidey shows up to fucking stop it from happening. So the chameleon misses his shot. We get Spidey fighting Peter Parker, and then Spidey's like, "You know what?" I'm going to put an end to this. He punches the belt buckle, destroying it. The chameleon kind of shifts between all the different people he's been and then passes out. So this thing is like altering his molecular structure, right? To make people think, you know, to, to you know, 
Because at first I thought, like, maybe it's just, like, some kind of cloaking tech. Mm-hmm. But this scene makes me think that he's actually becoming these people in a physical sense. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was figuring as well. Mm. Interesting. Well, yeah. this whole this whole situation causes the chameleon to pass out. Spidey thwips away, and Jonah's, like, super stressed because he's like, oh, God, can this... Can one thing happen where I'm not... Spider-Man isn't getting involved in my shit. Uh, The police take uh, the chameleon away from the UN. And Mm -hmm. Peter's watching from the rooftop. And then Nick Fury shows up and is like, Good job, Spidey. And then pieces. Mm. Peter's like, cool. Good day. Stop the chameleon. He goes home. Mary Jane's at the door. He's like, great. Awesome. Day's looking better. And she gives him a big old slap for not showing up at the show. And he chases after her, and the episode ends with him trying to explain to her, hey, this is, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. And that is the... That, and I tell you what, Cade, I did not think that there was a lot that happened in this... For an episode that feels like nothing happens... A lot happens. A lot When you try to happens. put it into words, like, <laughs> well, then he changes into this guy, and then he changes into that guy, and then there's a fucking belt, and an eagle pin, and a helicopter blowing up. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, they introduced S.H.I.E.L.D. in this episode. It's so... Yeah. It's... There's just a lot... We got two episodes for the Hobgoblin, and then we got one episode for this whole, like, chameleon assassination plot that involves involves shield involves nick fury like (laughs) it's it's a bit of a mess and logically it just doesn't they try and explain away how people are fooled by the chameleon but Mm. if you used any logic for two seconds you would understand like what's with the belt what is with the belt dude um jc (laughs) penny yeah um so for me, these episode, this bunch of episodes, the Hobgoblin ones, I actually really enjoyed, um, and I think are up there with some of the uh, best episodes of the season. I still think yeah. the Venom arc is the strongest part of the season. Mm. And then for me, the Chameleon is like just inches above the Spider Slayer episode, simply because yeah, Spider Slayer is fucking unbearable to me. Like, yeah, oh, I just don't care about robots and Spider Man because. Yep. Who the fuck doing the video games, doing the cartoons? It's just no, no more Spider Man and robots, please. (laughs) Well, I don't think there's well, well, we'll see, we'll see what happens with the Spider Slayers in future episodes. I have a feeling (sighs) they might show up again. I can't remember if I'm being honest, but yeah, uh, well, that's the first season, that's it, that's uh, the first season. And I I gotta say, man, like, strong shit, like, like, for the most part really good stuff the the villains are mostly handled handled well um i don't care about the chameleon as a character and it's interesting because he's spidey's first ever villain he is he is this he is the villain in spider-man uh the amazing spider-man number one uh when spidey tries to go team up with the fantastic four uh Mm. that iconic issue um i think like conceptually he's like a really cool idea um I would love to see them try their hand at him in a movie. Yeah. Uh, I think that they could probably pull it off with the right people. But And there was that, that not rumor, yes. but that Easter egg in Far From in Home. Far From Home. That the yeah. bus driver was the chameleon because he's got the same 
name. Dimitri, I think, is his name. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I would hope that that goes somewhere and isn't just a nod, because, um, and like that that actor, like I don't know who he is, but you know, since he isn't like a big actor, you could probably just be like, it was just disguise, and then pull, you know, mm-hmm. it's an actual like big name actor as him or whatever. Um, but yeah, I would hope. Hope, hope, hope that 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 they try that because I think you can really do some cool shit with him if you just give it to the right people. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, here not not so much. <laughs> no, not so much. Uh, now, what's interesting about the next? I mean, basically the rest of the show is that the seasons have this kind of overarching storyline and like theme to them. Yeah. So the next season is called the Neogenic Nightmare. Cool. And so <laughs> that is that covers a ton of stuff. We have the uh Insidious Six opening the season. We have the X-Men crossover next season. Then we have a shit ton of blade stuff. And then the Tablet oh, of Time stuff. And then more blade stuff. And then uh Vulture crap. Um so um I forgot about how much there actually is next season. Yeah, there's a lot, uh, and the Morbius stuff lasts forever. Um, and I hope it's good because I like Morbius, and I remember thinking this character's fucking cool. Yeah, um, and I love the fact that he—I cool. mean, we'll get to it—but like they wanted to make him not as scary because he's a vampire, yes. <laughs> so they put fucking suckers in his hands, and those are scarier. They are way worse. <laughs> it's way worse. It's way worse. I was. Not terrified, but it was unsettling to me as a kid yeah. that he had it's, these suckers on his hands. It's so gross. So, Kate, I'm oh gonna my God. go ahead, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. What are you gonna say? I was, I just remember like Morbius the movie was supposed to come out like a month. <laughs> yeah, and we were gonna figure out what continuity they were dealing with there because yeah, like there's a lot going on there. There's some sp- there's a reference to the Raimi films, but it seems to be taking place in the Far From Home continuity. Like, yeah. what the fuck? What the you could fuck? even argue to a degree it's in the Insomniac Spider-Man universe because that picture is from Spider-Man, the promotional right? But it's use. from the movie from the game, <laughs> yeah. but it is the movie suit. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to give you the option here, Cade. So the next couple of episodes we have, we have uh, Insidious 6 Parts 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Then we have Hydro-Man as a one-off. And mm-hmm. then we have the X-Men two-parter. Okay. So um, I'm thinking that we split up those bunch of episodes into two and have two and th- and three. But okay. do you want to do Insidious Six and Hydro Man, or do you want to do Hydro Man and X Men all together? Um, Insidious Six and Hydro Man, because I feel like there's going to be a lot more talk about the X Men stuff. Right, of course. Uh, yeah, and like the X Men stuff is definitely like more contained to itself. Okay, yeah. cool. We'll do that. So the next bunch of episodes are episodes fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen on Disney Plus. Also. If, I don't know how you're watching it, but the episodes one, two, and three of season two. So that is the Insidious Six, not the Sinister Six, and we'll get into why that is next week. Uh, and then, obviously, Hydra Man, who is a very important character in the show. Probably the most important villain yeah. at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, I remember that episode, and I was like, holy shit. 
do so, not yeah. want to spoil for where this character goes but yeah he he might be the most important villain in the entire animated show's history yep mm. and then uh we'll do x-men the week after that um Cade, thank you for mm-hmm. joining me this week i always appreciate you waking up of as early as you do <laughs> to to do this um we're we're making our way through it man we are yep. we are ripping through this stuff so i will see you i'll see you next week all right until then true believers have a web swinging day <laughs>